the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the gospel and forgiveness, it certainly falls under the category of good things come to those who wait. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. We're back in our look at Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8, the waiting for forgiveness. And indeed, there are those times when forgiveness is something to be waited on. It doesn't happen instantaneously. It's a a process that God will take us through for a variety of reasons. Watching for God's faithfulness and waiting for God's favor is the subject of our time today. Join us. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, here's Pastor Jessica Stand and this edition of Way of Grace. Psalm 110, verse 1 and 2. In fact, it'll be in verse 1. There it is. But Yahweh said unto my Adonai, sit thou at my right hand. Now, who's sitting at the right hand of God the Father? Who's sitting at the right hand of the Father? What's his name? Adonai. What's his name? Jesus. Now, how do we know? Because when Stephen cried with that same Abba Father cry, the heavens opened up and the Son of God stood at the right hand of God to receive him. Is that true? Was Stephen under a delusion or did the heavens reveal to him that his mediator was right there helping him while he was sinking under the burden? You guys see it? I love the way the psalmist is working through his issue because he's struggling through an experience for which his faith is doing the right thing. First, it's doing what? Crying out. It's crying out unto God. This is not a a diminished attribute of divinity as well. This is what we call a plurality of persons in the Godhead, right? Now look at our third sub point quickly. This is what I love about Psalm 130. If you look at it carefully, what he says in verse 1 are these words, one, and, uh, 1, 2, and 3. Out of the depths have I cried unto you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice, and let your ear be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Will Jesus listen to you when you cry out to him? Will the Son of God hear the soul that cries out to him in need of help, particularly if you are a believer? Will he? It's his job. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. Look at verse 3 now. Here it is, verse 3. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Adonai, do you see the father and son tandem? Who can stand? I love the way the psalmist is going now. I want to show you the connection between his experience and what he knows is the core reason for his experience. See, he's calling on God to not forget him. He's calling on God to help him in time of trouble. He really needs God to come through, doesn't he? So what do you do when you are calling on God and God's not responding? I'll tell you what you do. You start telling the truth. You keep talking to God. 
you start saying, you know what? Maybe God's been silent to me because I haven't been right with God. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. Here's the reason why people don't pray. Here's the reason why you don't pray. Because God expects you to come to him with a right heart. God expects you to be without guile. Isn't that what David said in Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2? Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose trespasses are covered. Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no what? You know what that means? God will hear you when you be right with God, when you tell the truth with God. Do you think God will hear your prayers if they're all twisted? Do you think God will hear you when you're manipulating and you're hiding and you're altering and you're distorting and you're not simply coming right with God? Hear me, children of God. The only kind of person God wants to hear is a real, honest sinner. A real honest sinner. If you're just religious, God will not hear you. If you regard iniquity in your heart and your iniquity is greater than the glory of God and the person of Christ, God will not hear you. I don't care who you are. You can speak in tongues. You can babble. You can scream and holler. When the heart is covered over with the barnacles of hypocrisy, God doesn't hear us. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, there were two men who went up to the temple and prayed. One of them God heard. And the other one left on his way to hell. And he was the one that thought he was all right with God. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men. You hell-bound sinner, you're worse than other men. There was a brother way in the back of the church patting his chest saying, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner, the sinner, the sinner, the real sinner, the bona fide sinner, the hell-bound sinner, the needy sinner, the real sinner. Lord, I'm a sinner. And he went down to his house justified. Listen to me. He felt forgiveness. It wasn't a doctrine. It was a reality. He felt God lift the burdens off of his head. He felt God take his sin away, and then his sin disappeared. That brother went home justified. Do you know why? Because God graced him to tell the truth. God graced him to come real with God. See, this is why I'm talking to you about forgiveness. If you get forgiveness, you don't have to lie to God. If you get forgiveness of sins, you don't have to play church. You don't have to come here week in and week out with your tank empty. Because our tanks are empty when we're not talking to God, when we're not communing with God, when we're not growing in God's word and in communion and fellowship, you come empty. Now, you get a little word on Sunday, but you're empty by Sunday night because you are not fellowshipping with God. You're not keeping it real with God. Now, some of you may be in the depths today, and some of us are praying right now that God delivers you. Others of you, God's going to have to throw you into the depths. So you can stop playing church because you're playing church. The psalmist is clear. You know what he says? Lord, if you should what? Mark iniquities. Can I teach? Here's what the psalmist is doing. The psalmist knows who God is. This is the beautiful thing about our text. He knows God. Here's what he knows. I got to come right with God. Lord, if you go to marking my sins, if you go to cutting the 
spotlight on my transgressions. If you cut the lights on and like a century start walking through my house, start walking through every room in my house, my conscience, my heart, my soul, my volition, my intents, my motives, my actions, you will find sin everywhere. You will find sin everywhere. You will find the sin that I don't even see. God, if you start looking, you're going to mark sins everywhere. And the next thing I know, the number is going to be infinite. They will be endless if God marks my iniquities. Are you hearing me? Stay with me now. What is the psalmist doing? The psalmist is plea bargaining with God before he finds himself before the judgment. Some of that will know you're here because you ain't never been in jail before like your pastor. The psalmist is condemning himself before he stands before the judge. And he's saying, Lord, I'm guilty. That's my point. I'm guilty. I may not know what of, but I'm guilty. Whatever I'm going through right now tells me I'm guilty because I know what I should be experiencing, but I'm not. What I'm going through now it compels me to acknowledge that I have sinned somewhere. Stay with me. So David, whom we do know in Psalm 137, 139, the last two verses, what does he say? Lord, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. See, I'm talking to you guys about forgiveness of sins. I'm talking to you about how God in his infinite love for us has made a provision for us to deal with our sins. See, David knew that there was a time when he thought he could get away with sinning, right? Didn't we just learn that two weeks ago? And what is David doing now in Psalm 139? He's saying, Lord, search me. See, when you do that, what you are saying is, I love you enough to want to maintain a right relationship with you. I don't want to get stuck in my iniquities and be blinded from your glory. Just show it to me and then get rid of it. Because I enjoy fellowship with God. I love walking in the forgiveness of sins. I love being free. I love a clear conscience. I love a pure heart. I love a heart washed by the blood of the Lamb. I love being near to God. I love God being near to me. I love being real with God. I love being authentic with God. I love it because it means that I have learned what forgiveness is. Are you guys hearing me? The psalmist is saying, hey, Lord, I am pleading guilty before you even expose me. Because you see this discombobulation, this depression, this death that he's going through, he knows that's not supposed to be the normal lot of the believer. Believers are not supposed to walk like that. Believers are not to live in this kind of forsaken, abandoned, disoriented, depressed, weighed down, encumbered disoriented, detached way. The believer is supposed to live with his feet on the ground. The Lord has put my feet on a large ground, table land, table land. The believer is supposed to have a foundation under him, a roof over his head. He's supposed to be holding God's hand and walking through the world in the confidence of communion and fellowship. Great peace have all they that love your law. The kingdom of God is righteousness, what? Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This psalmist is saying, that's far from me right now. Something's wrong. This is not the world I live in. Am I making some sense? Am I coming home, saints? 
It's very important for you to get it. Don't be superficial with God's word. God wants to go deep. God wants to go deep. So under our first point, we are very clear that the psalmist is calling on the Father through the Son, and he is confessing his sins, as 1 John tells us, right? Whosoever confesses his sins, God is just and faithful to do what? Forgive them of their sin. Now, and here's the thing that I love about what's going on. What's happening and what's troubling to the psalmist is the direction of his life. Right, I want you to get this now. I'm about to move to point number two. Why is the psalmist going through this? Because of his calling and because of his, uh, his new relationship with God? Because of his vocation. Stay with me. The psalmist here, I know this much, is not supposed to be going away from God, but to God. He's not supposed to be going down. He's supposed to be going up. The people of God are not called away from God. They're called to God. The particular psalm that you and I are dealing with is what is called a psalm of ascent. You know what that means? For the pilgrims of Israel, as they made their way to the house of the Lord on Mount Zion, the city of our God, they would be going up the mountain calling on God, singing, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us hear the word of the Lord, for the law shall come forth. And the word from Mount Zion, it is an upward calling. Are you not called upward? It's a holy calling. Are you not called to holiness? It's a heavenly calling. Now, when you and I who are called upwards are finding ourselves going downward, we are in bad trouble. Now, stay with me one more time. The person who was used by God to write this psalm was a priest. We know that. We know if you study with me on Wednesday uh, evenings, uh, afternoons in the summer, that God ordained and inspired David to orchestrate the writing of the Psalms largely for the worship of God in the temple, didn't he? David wrote 80% of the Psalms, and the priests wrote major portions of them as well. Only a few Psalms were written by other people, and those are even controversial. The Psalm of Ascent in front of us was written by a priest. Now, stay with me. If that's true, the priest knows something about his calling and about the character of God that grants him the kind of anxiety that he has. No priest should be experiencing distance from God. When the priesthood was the very people group separated to be nearest to God, to know God in the glory of God, in the full panoply of his revelation. Here's this priest in the depths of the sea. What is he doing there? What is he doing in the depths of the sea? Why is this priest not in the temple? Point number two. Stay with me. Waiting for God's what? Waiting for God's favor. Now, here there's a second aspect of faith I want you to get. Are you there? You know what it's called? Tethered faith. Lord, thank you for tethered faith. See, I don't mind having troubled faith as long as I got tethered faith. What is this faith tethered to? It's tethered to God. It's tethered to Christ. 
It's tethered to the revelation of the glory of God in the person of Christ. Why? Because daily and weekly and monthly, as he does his course, guess what he's doing? He's being taught the gospel over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Sound like some of you, isn't that right? Daily, weekly, monthly, are we not taught the gospel? Daily, weekly, monthly, are we not taught the gospel? Are we not New Testament priests? Are we not a priesthood under God? Did not God call us near to him? Didn't he say, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you? Hasn't God revealed to us the glory of God and the full panoply of Jesus Christ? Do you know this priest now is directing his faith, not only to the temple, but to the Holy of Holies? And in the Holy of Holies, guess what he's doing? He's attaching his faith to the character of God. How many of y'all see it? Right, see, see, I'm, I'm going to help you get something now. The thing that's going to deliver this man is the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, who is his forgiveness. Look at it, a tethered faith. What does it say in verses 4 and 5? Notice what he says, but... There is what? Forgiveness with you in order that you may be what? Circle the word feared. It means to be reverenced. It means to be worshipped. It means to be loved. It means to be adored. It It means to be wanted. It means to be held in the highest of honor. When you are a God fearing man and a God fearing woman, you hold the highest respect for God, don't you? There is forgiveness with God that we might honor him, respect him, adore him, love him, want him, worship him, need him. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? There is forgiveness with God so that sinners like you and me can love God for what he has provided to draw us near. The psalmist gives us insight to the tethered nature of his faith when he says, forgiveness is with you, O God. And I want to show you just three aspects of that reality. You see, you know what I know, saints? We are so careless about our Bible reading and our Bible study that virtually every doctrine that comes out of our mouth is utterly superficial and without clarity. We couldn't tell somebody what forgiveness really is to get ourselves out of a paper bag. Our understanding of doctrine is so diminished and so effete and so weak and so flawed, most Christians live on presumption. Most Christians merely presume that they are forgiven. They don't know that they're forgiven. They don't understand the cost of forgiveness, the design and scope of it, the origin of it, the aim of it. They don't get it at all. And you can't get it when you don't know the gospel. God help us God help us. The fundamental door that keeps you at home with God is forgiveness, and you can't explain it in terms of the gospel. So the day you get in trouble, you can't find that door either. Are you hearing me? The day you get in trouble is the day you discover you played church for years. The day you get in trouble like this is the day you discover that in your soul, you're not tethered to Jesus, who is tethered to God and is the anchor of your soul for glory. 
I don't care how tossed to and fro I am in the midst of this world, in the midst of the depths of the sea. I don't care how bad it gets. The whole earth could be falling apart. The land could be tossed into the depths of the sea. As long as I'm tethered to the son of the living God, as long as I have an anchor to my soul, as long as I have someone who has entered into the veil, who has entered into the veil, who has entered into the veil and is attached to me, I'm good to go. You will see me tossed to and fro, up and down, in and out, but you'll never see me cast away because I have an anchor to my soul and his name is Jesus. 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 I'm tethered to God's personal and mediatorial forgiveness. I know that forgiveness is an attribute of God. Do you know that? If you do, find a Bible verse to affirm it, because you know nothing if you can't find a Bible verse to affirm it. You know nothing about God if you can't take God's revelation called God's Word and affirm it by the Word. You're just talking. You're just religious. I know that it's an attribute of God and a characteristic of God to forgive. Do you know that? I know that by nature it's God's disposition to forgive. Now stay with me. I know this because God said it. That's Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. Just pull up Exodus 34. Now watch this. And the Lord passed by before him. Who was the him? Moses. And proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, what is he? Merciful. What is he? Gracious. What is he? Long-suffering. What is he? Abundant in goodness and truth. Verse 7. Here it is. Verse 7, doing what? Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. Stop. That's God's nature. Somebody ought to be running around the room right now. Listen to me. That's God's nature. Hear me now, child of God. It's his nature to forgive because it's his nature to save. In other words, this is not something contrary to God's disposition. And they shall call his name what? Jesus, for he shall what? Save his people from their sins. It's in God's nature. Now, when a man or a woman has a nature to do something, guess what? They're going to do it. Is that right? You know how your children are? You know how that dog is you got? You know how that cat is? They have a nature, don't they? All we have to do is wait for that nature to what? Manifest itself. Now, why are there men and women all over the world from the beginning of time to this present hour who know God and the pardon of their sins? Because it's in his nature. It's in his nature. Is that right? But when we say it's in the nature of God, what do we mean? We mean that it's God's purpose and plan to provide forgiveness for sinners. And he does it through his son. Does he not? Now, stay with me now. I want you to see it in our text. Go back up to verse 4, Exodus 34, 4. Watch this. Exodus 34, 4. Watch this now. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand two tables of stone. Now, you remember what Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. Because if I don't see your glory... Don't let us leave this place. Why? Because Moses had learned, you guys, that God will punish sin. Isn't that what he learned? 
Now, Moses didn't have that category of God's knowledge in his soul when he brought those knuckleheads out of Egypt. But by the time we get to the second month, God killing up a whole bunch of Jews. And now all of a sudden, Moses, whoo, I didn't know that about God. Let's, let's plant a flag right here. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I didn't know God was so holy that he would destroy his own people. Now I do. I got to learn something else about God because he want me to take almost a million and a half people and get them into the promised land. But the way these folks act, what God just did, he beat and killed all of them next month. I need to find out who God is. And what God said to Moses was this, because you are my friend, I'm going to show you my glory. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again. For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.